Eric. And this is a podcast where we watch two similar bad movies and then talk about which one is better. And this week, the theme of the bad movies is is pretty... It's pretty broad. It's just space movies. So it basically started out... I remembered, and I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but a movie that pissed me off when I saw it in theaters the most, I always remembered being super angry about this one, was Supernova from the year 2000. Um, I think I, anything pisses, everything pisses off 13-year-old girls, though, or 15, 15-year-old girls. Yeah, I would have been 14 or 15. I don't remember what time of the year it came out, but... Um, you probably just pissed about everything. No, I... I <laughs> I think that maybe it was around the age that I started realizing what a bad movie was. And then maybe this was just one of the first really, truly bad ones that I'd been forced to sit through in the theater. And I just remember being incredibly angry. So I was always interested in revisiting this one to see if it was really as bad as I remembered and if it still pissed me off. And um, and then... And I honestly remembered... I saw it in the theaters too. And I remembered almost nothing about it. Yeah. I didn't remember a lot about it either. I just all I remembered it was it had brief space nudity. Yes, I remembered some. That's all that my fifteen, sixteen year old mind remembered. Yeah, I remembered space sex. Yeah, and I remembered zero the, gravity sex. And I remembered the ending scene where James Spader and Angela Bassett got into the pod together. The time, yeah, the the it's not time traveling. It was just. It's like a wormhole travel. Yeah, hyperspace. yeah. Yeah, like the hyperspace pod together, and then they exchanged DNA, and their eyes, they had one blue eye, one brown eye each, and then she was pregnant at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Unsure if the pregnancy was from aforementioned space sex or the exchange of DNA. But... I think it was supposed to be from the exchange of DNA, which is like... From them just being in the pod together. Yeah, that's, but that's kind, kind of, of dumb. Yeah, that's super dumb. And if they didn't, and if they wanted it to be that way, they shouldn't have made it characters that had had sex like a day beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Because then you can't tell. Sure, of course. But these are all things that we will get into more. I wonder how, um, uh, what's it called? Child support works when you didn't even actually have sex with them for the pregnancy. It just space <laughs> melded you together. <laughs> not my problem. Not my fault. <laughs> yeah. So really, the only question for me when deciding that I wanted to do this movie for the podcast was, what movie can we compare it to? And I was looking around for other, you know, there's lots of bad sci-fi movies, but I didn't want to pick just anything. And um, kind of settled on another movie from a couple years before that, that I also saw in theaters, that I remembered not liking, but I didn't remember why I didn't also like it. Also kind of fell into the crevices of just like completely forgotten. And But also then they're making it, they are or have made a show about that this. That is kind of what put me over the edge. I said, well, you know, they're making a, they, the show I think is already out. Is it Netflix or Amazon? I can't remember. I have no idea. I, I don't care enough to look uh, to look it up. I'm not going to be watching it. Um, so the other movie that we decided to pit this against was Lost in Space from 1998. So we got our space theme. They're within a couple years of each other. They're not good. Um, what were the respective Rotten Tomato scores? Do you, you remember look? them? Like, do no, you, I don't. I'm asking you. Okay. Yeah, I got them here. I just like to have you guess them. Oh, okay. So. I don't remember. I mean, I remember they're both low. I think... Supernova was like 22% and Lost in Space was like 16% or something? Uh, No, no. You're in the right realm, but you got it switched. So oh. Supernova was 10%. Ooh. Yeah. And Lost in Space was 27%. It's quite a bit difference. Right. So both of them, uh, not well, not fondly remembered or well liked at the time. Yeah. Um, And I saw both of them in theaters. So I also did. And, and I remembered almost nothing about... Lost, well, about really either of them, but especially, especially Lost in Space. I really didn't remember anything about Lost in Space. All I remembered is that he was like a fuck. And I didn't even actually remember most of these things until I started watching the movie. Yeah. That he got like scratched by a spider and became a big weird spider. You know, I didn't even get a sense of what was going to happen. Like, yeah. at least in Supernova, I kind of got a sense. Where I'm like, oh, I think that... I didn't remember much of it either. Yeah. Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, no, the other thing shocking to me actually that's similar about these two they're both pg-13 and yeah which is weird because there's pg-13 <laughs> well first of all there's multiple scenes of toplessness yes. in supernova yeah and not just like one of them's or at least one is during like a simulated sex scene yeah so it's not just like the titanic style flashes boobs for half a second right one of them is they're like about to get into the pods yeah. And of course, you have to be naked so you don't get like melded with your jinkos or whatever, pe <laughs> whatever people were wearing at the time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, 
so you have to be stark naked. I don't know why. I didn't build the fucking thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Lost in Space was Nothing off. Nothing artificial the... will go. Yeah. And Lost in Space was off in the opposite direction. It felt like a kid's. It felt like a G, it felt like a G and a half. Yeah. So very odd that both of these ended up being PG thirteen. But we'll kind of we'll we'll unpack that a little bit as <laughs> unpack, we get into yeah. that. Would be structure for both thing these. Right. So uh, starting off, we watched Supernova first because that was the one that I was actually interested in watching. And uh, lowest Rotten Tomato score. We usually like to do those yeah. first. So Supernova, the plot is fairly straightforward. It's, it's incredibly place... simple, actually. Yeah, it takes place in the future. Um, it's a crew in space who gets a distress call from some weird mining planet. Yeah. So they go pick up a guy from the planet, and he ends up being somebody who used to know one of the people on the ship. Right. And he encountered some strange alien artifact, and it has uh, made him turn evil. So this, but also like de-aged him and given him like strength and resilience and all yes. sorts of stuff. Yes. So the movie. Now, I don't remember. Did they say where they were going to begin with when they got the distress signal? They were just going to some random outpost or something. I don't something? remember. I don't. It was remember some kind of mission be- that there was that they were going to be gone for like multiple years. Yeah. Remember, because he was like, I like to be alone. Yeah, it was just such generic Anyways, space really travel matter. stuff. It was like, okay, this crew's going somewhere, but they encounter a distress call and they feel like they have to go get it. Yeah. So I think that's enough of a summary for it. It's not really uh, honestly interesting enough to go into specifics, but we'll probably talk more about that in the structure section. So the main thing we do in this podcast is we rate the movies in four different categories. Oh, what? I wrote something down, but I don't remember what it actually was. Was it... Which movie does it pertain to? Supernova. Okay. You don't know which section it pertains to? No, I mean, it's just it's just a, a jotted down that, that this movie can... T- I'll just say it. It says, best pickup line ever, but I don't remember what it was. I remember what okay, it was. Okay, good. I was like, shit, I didn't actually write down what the line was. I remember... I, I don't remember the exact line, but I remember... Oh, oh, I do now remember kind of the scene. I do. I remember it now. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah, so... Because it wasn't like a one... It was like a... A logic. A, it was a train of thought. Yeah, it of like why we line. should bang. It, it was, was yeah. yeah. It was perfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was a Jedi mind trick. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was so terrible. It never would work in real life. Yeah. But, but it's a hilarious rationalization. Well, anyways. Yeah. We'll I mean, that's a that. structure thing. So we'll get yeah. into that when we talk about like what happens in the plot and yeah. everything. So we, what we do is we rate each movie in four different categories: acting, visuals, structure, and entertainment value. We can give each movie up to five points in each category, and whichever movie gets the most points at the end, we consider the better movie. So starting off with acting, what did you think about acting for Supernova? I thought there were a couple... I said two. I said one and a half. I I, uh... I thought one and a half was a little harsh because most of these actors are competent, and some of it, I think, comes across as bad acting because, like with like Robin Tunney's character and the aforementioned best pickup line ever... That's so unnatural, the whole whatever happens there. I think there was supposed to be some element of her being semi-hypnotized, too. It there had to did be. There had seem to be. like it, Because yeah. without that, it just seems like, oh, all right. And I was like, but it's, she's not a bad actress. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, that, that's but I think why... so much of what makes it seem like any bad acting in this is just the dialogue, the situations. I don't think it's any one of them is really bad at acting. <laughs> I thought Angela Bassett was pretty bad, which I Again, though, I think, like, she's not terrible. Like, that's why I said two. It's below the three, I have in my mind that she's a good actress, but then when I look through her filmography, I don't actually know if I've seen her in anything. I think she's perfectly competent, but there's nothing, not much to work with. She didn't come across as competent in this one. She was doing this weird, monotone, like, real soft-spoken, and it just came across like a fucking sleeping pill to me. Um, I think another reason I bumped it down to one and a half is because no chemistry between anyone. I mean, no. this is a movie that's filled with sex. It's filled with relationships. Yeah, and it, it, it's, does, it doesn't and, work. And no, nobody, it seems yeah. just like it, well, like it was in the script. You right, know? right. It's like, well, we're supposed to bang now, so we're going to. And But I think a part of that is just because of the jarring way the movie was set up to where they'd be like, oh. And then it would just cut to, they'd just be sitting there talking to each other, look at each other weirdly, and then, oh, they'd be banging. Yeah, yeah. But even, you know, Robin Tunney and Lou Diamond Phillips are supposed to be in like a A long-term, you know, serious relationship, considering having a baby. And they're just, you know, they're kind of, they're just not a natural couple. There's no chemistry there. Angela Bassett and James Spader are supposed to have a lot of tension. 
And again, you just kind of are like, why are these people being rude to each other? You right. Know? Yeah, exactly. As opposed to like, why are they so attractive? And then they bang anyway. Yes. So it's like, okay. Yeah. So I had a tough time with that one. I'm going to keep my one and a half because I think Angela like I said, Bassett did kind only of a bad a half job. point, that really means yeah. it's not that bad. And you're right. You're definitely difference. right that they did not have anything to work with. But All I right. was actively noticing that I thought they were doing a bad job for the most yeah. part. So moving on to visuals, what did you give it there? Give it one and a half. I gave it, interesting, I actually thought you were going to give it a little bit better than that because yeah. of the aforementioned boobs. Well, obviously, yeah, that's but they're very brief. Yeah. It's not like, I mean, okay, they flash some titty. Yes, yeah. that's better than not flashing some titty. <laughs> but it's not like it really makes a big difference in, yeah. in, how, in like how, and the, I, this movie, to me, this is a weird, maybe a weird way to describe it, but like there's not much going on in the movie. Yeah. Visually or... Um, certainly not structurally wise. It's actually very extremely straightforward, and it's you just slowly figuring out about this really one kind of story element. Mm-hmm. And visually, they have like weird colors, and it's in space and stuff. But everything feels kind of closed off. Like they don't show you a lot of down on the planet. They don't show you a lot of in space. You're just kind of on this in this building, basically, is what it feels like. Yeah. And they have weird colors. It just feels like when you're kind of drunk and you're, like, staring at something simple, like a takeout menu, for, like, a long time <laughs> until you realize you're just like, oh, it's just a menu. I just got to order something. You know what I mean? Like, your brain tries to figure it out and then realize that this really is just not much there. <laughs> or, like, if you're in a dream and you're trying to, like, Do something simple something. and it doesn't work. Yeah. But everything's just, like, slow and kind of bizarre, but really nothing's <laughs> happening. Yeah, yeah. So I actually gave it a two because for the most part, yeah, so I wasn't much different. I wasn't offended by it. It wasn't good. I mean, they did have some dumb visuals, like when even if it doesn't look bad, special effects wise, it just none of it plays looking. well and dumb. Like yeah. the weird his face getting weird at the end, the bad guy, the weird alien egg thing. It just looks like a weird glow. And yeah. So this movie, the is... stupid. Wasn't there something weird about their spacesuits? Their spacesuits just looked silly. They looked dumb. I, yeah. We were laughing because right. they were like filled with air they're so like they were those like, big yeah. hazmat suits that are like positive air pressure suits mm-hmm. didn't look like something that would be made for a vacuum so yeah. it's like kind of those when you're in those di- those t-rex costumes you know and <laughs> the suit's kind of like bouncing around on you that's <laughs> kind of what it looked like but it was supposed to be like a serious action scene and some guy would fall over in this big puffy suit yeah <laughs> so it it's did. like goofy look it as did. realistic as that might be for some kind of suit it just is not cool for a movie Right. No, no, good point. Yeah. So I, I think I gave it a two just because overall it didn't bother me. The the thing that I do remember bothering me is, um yeah, the bad guy at the end, yeah. for no reason at all, starts to like halfway turn into a monster. And right. all they did was like add was weird cheekbone things. Took away his eyebrows. Take his eyebrows away. Well, no, they yeah. made like his ridges on his face or some kind of. Yeah, almost like gills or something yeah, weird. Something bizarre. But there really wasn't anything about what he had encountered that would that should have made him turn into something else yeah, non-human to be evolving or whatever it didn't yeah so it was just very silly it wasn't set up it accomplished nothing he got like stronger he gets stronger and yeah. tougher and that's about it yeah and, and younger i did i bumped it up a little bit for james spader he uh <laughs> this is this is peak spader. james this is right before the downfall man yeah. like the, you know 2000 after 2000 james spader has has uh just he looks rough it's it's funny you forget know, that I'll he actually. Check out Robin Tunney lately, see if she's gotten rough. <laughs> I'm guessing she's still doing fine. Her hair is probably better than it was. Yeah, in this movie. no, not the, see, that's not, that probably canceled out the yeah the nudities, her horrible haircut. Yeah, so for the most part, just not really, just like you said, nothing really going on. I gave it a two, didn't offend me. Half, yeah. All right, so what'd you say about structure? I was kind of rough on the structure. Oh yeah, I what'd gave it say? a one. Really, yeah. really. Most <sighs> of it related to, it's almost like inept in its uh basicness yeah yeah you know you, you know what i'm gonna bump mine down a little bit i actually gave it a two yeah, i think that's not that crazy i think mostly because i can't remember <laughs> like, i know i mean that's part of it it's so yeah. forgettable the twist or whatever that's in it is there really is no twist open. because you know, you know immediately from the, from that the, this guy is bad well, like not that he's bad but that he's the same person that he's pretending to be the son of yeah that he is that person that's yeah. pretty obvious it's obvious from the get-go and the pay- there's no payoff like they introduce this weird alien technology but like and the, the whole story is obviously lame and like this super now they've caused this explosion that's going to reach earth in I don't know 200 years they said or 20 years or something 250 years something like and that now, and yeah. it'll either destroy the earth or make it great yeah. and like that's what they say basically I'm like okay yeah you know I 
so a lot of times I do I do research on these before. You know, nothing well, I crazy. I forgot a few things I need to mention too. Yeah, nothing crazy, but uh, I, I do look up stuff about what has happened behind the scenes in these movies. And this movie was a complete fucking mess. Disaster. Like, As so many of these it's one of those. Be... It's one of those that the director took his name off of it. I used to think right. it was Alan Smithy, but actually it turns out it's the first post-Alan Smithy, like... It was, like catch-all director yes, name, which yeah. is what now? What's the new one? I don't think there is an overall new one. So it looks like Alan Smithy was the last. Like we always use this name now using when they. Well, I don't know. I mean, honestly, in this day so and age, what's the name? Thomas Lee. Um, Tommy Lee. <laughs> yeah, Thomas Lee. I mean, the director was Walter Hill, who has done uh, Forty Eight Hours and like Red Heat, I think. Yeah, and he actually was producer on. Uh, Alien and Aliens. So okay. he has you know, been involved in the industry for a long time, and he was absolutely miserable with this product and the whole production of it, etc. Yeah. A lot of studio meddling. They had directors come in after the fact to try to like fix things. He said that they cut, they didn't let him finish special effects shots and things like that. Huh. Yeah, yeah. So this movie, honestly, watching it. I didn't feel like it was as much of a mess as I know it was behind the scenes. So I think I'm going to bump this down to 1.5 because the two doesn't really adequately, I think, represent... How chopped up and mangled it was. And like while you're watching the movie, you don't really feel like this is a chopped up mess. No, because like I think think that's the one area that they benefited from having such an incredibly straightforward kind of plot. Is that even when it got mangled like that, it didn't make it nonsensical. It wasn't one of those movies where you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's too sensical. It's too sensical. It's just too straightforward. It's like, this happens, this happens, this happens. They're They're going to pick up somebody that somebody is you know pretending to be the son of a person that one that the angela bassett character had a bad relationship with but in reality it is the guy you as the audience can tell right off the bat it's him you can tell exactly what he's gonna do what's going down yeah there's just almost no plot to be had here but you know some things it did right it's really short it's an hour and a half yeah it's not long so it goes by fast even though nothing's even though nothing's really happening it's just it's easy to watch in all honesty and then um another thing it did right was the tone so yeah they didn't have tone issues in terms of competing tones or anything mm-hmm. like that but overall the tone was not really exciting or no no no, no. you know it just but it was even at yeah. least but no i'm shocked that it was pg-13 because I'm, yeah. I'm almost wondering if the ratings board just did that for them out of pity so that maybe they could get a few more teenagers because like me a, and my you know, sister in bizarre. there yeah one of yeah. the things I, me- I forgot to mention on visuals though was this fucking robot that they had in there <laughs> this made me so mad because it was literally a guy with like a gray skin tight suit on trying to act like a robot and it was like this is wow i was like this is really this must be maybe one of the things that they're saying about not being able to finish the special effects that is something they specifically mentioned and i was like this is like a tro it's like a joke it is literally yeah. like i was like no this is some guy pretending to be a robot right in the movie like in the movie it's a person pretending no it's just the robot and it had no effect on the story or Nothing. anything yeah they should have just taken it out no you're yeah. right that is it one of the things hilariously bad that is one of the things that was specifically mentioned as like they were going it's to put like in like car- a like silver cardboard box <laughs> with a smiley face on it bad and even the movements are like do a robot and you like you go up to a drunk girl at a bar like hey what would, what does a robot act like that's what you would that's what how they would move he is not exaggerating it folks is, i was like what what yeah. <laughs> like, i thought what? for sure that robot that's was gonna good factor that into whole it half somewhere. point of visuals right there yeah you know what i i'm not gonna bump mine down but <laughs> fair enough that was absolutely atrocious that in the spacesuits and yeah. everything like <laughs> But I got to and look I at James say, Spader, yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, and a little bit of boobs, so yeah, okay. yeah. And then uh, for structure, there was a, this is nothing really to do with structure, but they're playing poker, and the computer, the uh, AI on the computer, the female AI, totally fucks up their action because it's like a heads-up poker game, and the computer's like, <laughs> "Do you really like the guy bets?" And then the computer's like. There's a 67% chance he is bluffing or something. And I was like, Jesus, floor. It's fucking up this. Can't talk during a hand like that. A well, maybe they just refund. Well, maybe they just didn't program the AI to have good poker etiquette. So Obviously not. I mean, that one didn't. Like, Jesus. Yeah, that didn't necessarily affect my structure score. I mean, uh, yeah, the AI was just kind of weird in general. So I don't general. know if the best pickup line in the world 
is in part of structure or entertainment, but I'll just go ahead now. Basically, let me set up. Let me set up the backstory, and then you can say. I don't even know if it needs backstory. Well, we mentioned that Robin Tunney and Lou Diamond Phillips are in a long-term relationship, right. and they're thinking about having a child. So, uh, so that's just their little. And then this side new guy story. shows up, and he's like brimming with cosmic energy, and she's kind of like weirdly entranced with him from the first time she sees him. Yeah, he's got, and I'm assuming it's supposed to be some level of like hypnotism. Like she sensed this ninth dimensional energy and is like... That's not at all obvious. No, she's just smitten with him. Yeah. But I'm assuming that's why because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Lou Diamond Phillips is some, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. But for no reason, she's just like, oh my God, the first guy that walks into her life, she's just like, can't help herself. Right. And so she's sort of smitten with him and he's kind of hitting on her. Basically, like, hey, let's go fuck, and uh, she's like, oh, but this other dude, (laughs) the pick, his his, strategy is basically, well, we should just do it, and then if you regret it, you'll know that you should be with him. (laughs) So it'll actually help you, it'll strengthen your bond, and then if you don't, if you don't regret it, then, you know, obviously you should have had sex with me. And I was like, that's amazing. That is, that is completely, literally, we should do it, and then if you regret it, you'll know that you shouldn't have done it. That's really barely even paraphrasing. (laughs) That is exactly how he convinces this woman in this long-term relationship to cheat on her sister. Okay, and I was just like, that. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I also like that there are probably four sex scenes in this, and they're all in this weird zero gravity. That's part of the visuals I hate because, first of all, that would be really hard to have sex that way. Yeah. Floating around is and the zero gravity chamber isn't even like a room with zero gravity. It's basically like an open, clear gymnasium. It's literally just a giant empty pod. Where apparently you're supposed to float around and have sex. Yeah, and that's I don't the even, only thing that's in there. Yeah, they never show it for people. any other. Yeah, use. there's nothing else in there. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a cargo hold or something that people keep sneaking off to and having zero gravity sex. So one of the other uh, after the fact things that was done, not by the director, but by like Francis Ford Coppola, I think it, huh. they said came in and did some like reshoots on this, and he actually repurposed one of the previous. Robin Tunney and Lou Diamond Phillips sex scenes and just like digitally darkened uh, Robin Tunney and put like Angela and- Bassett's face on wow. her to simulate blackface. Yeah, <laughs> for a sex scene. Yeah, for the for the one with um James Spader. Yeah, yeah. So for like the faraway shot where it just shows two people writhing intertwined yep. in zero gravity, it's really it was Robin Tunney again. Yep, yep. Robin Tunney and Lou Diamond Phillips. So I don't know if there just was only supposed to be two sex scenes initially, and, and they then they just kind of like sex. yeah, and then they just like stretched it out, and then but it made it so that there was only ever one spot in the ship that right. anybody Everyone was having was constantly sex. having sex and they all have their own to rooms the credit, though, i didn't i didn't ca- catch that that was a i mean it's probably just a faraway shot with weird color yeah. filters like they've had on everything but yeah because everything was kind of reddish or bluish anyway blue, yeah very really blue. blue yeah and uh so weird colors to begin with yeah so okay so i did bump my structure score down i said one and a half because the movie is it, yeah it is a mess but it goes by quickly and not too offensive and you always know what's going on it's just kind of like okay get on with it and it does so uh did you have any other notes nope that's it all right so moving on to entertainment value what'd you give it i gave one and a half so i actually gave it a two i wasn't miserable watching it i wasn't miserable but it was so just it wasn't it was almost boring yeah almost so little but not quite right almost boring but not quite there were just enough silly things like going on that we could laugh at every once in a while yeah yeah and it was i keep mentioning the length hour and a half yeah man that was the best this was a two-hour movie it would have been incredibly boring yeah but they took out luckily seems like they took out any real dead space yeah but even the stuff that was in there while not boring was not Mm fast-paced very little excitement you don't really know you don't have the primary conflict of the movie until halfway through maybe even more you know, Honestly, like there's I don't a few, even remember. Yeah. there's a few things that come in and starts getting weird. They meet the guy, you know, the only thing that really happens exciting up till that conflict is when the captain gets like melded with his pod accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently that was Walter Hill's whole vision for the movie. The whole thing was supposed to be like that. So yeah, we didn't mention that initially the guy that was captain of the ship, um, when he gets the distress call, he knows, he sees that his, uh, pod is compromised. Yeah, but he decides to go through with the with the light jump anyway to go save whoever this person's life is, and um and it turns out at the end of the light speed jump he's all like 
his halfway pod- merged with the pod yeah. it's all fucked up yeah it's so like, kill me yeah so then they have to kill him like and then James Spader outside yeah and then James Spader becomes the that's like, another thing they did who didn't know who was in charge and, yeah they they don't do a good idea uh, job of showing you who at some point after like 15 minutes of wondering if he's just being like you know that type of personality they finally mention that he is the captain now or something yeah. but you don't really know there's no sort of rank structure or any titles that would give you an idea he was just a pilot yeah so it wasn't super bothersome it just was kind of like, kind of weird why are you listening to this right, like, guy do you have to listen to him is he just coming you know is he just the most dominant personality who knows right so i don't know so i had to not so give a bunch it a little stuff like i had to not episode. give it too low because i had a i had an okay time watching it i don't want to watch it again no. there's no reason to really seek it out it's not it was worse than i remembered honestly i wouldn't say it was better than i remembered it's yeah. just Didn't my reaction this time you know yeah. it's, it's funny i really do think it was just one of the first truly bad movies i'd seen in theaters yeah. and as a 14 15 year old you know, you're still kind of idealistic. Things are supposed to work. And you may and not have really given good. a crap about going anyway, and then you're stuck there. No, this is the kind of movie I would have wanted to see. So it might have been that my expectations were too high. And you're like, what the hell am I watching? Yeah, yeah. So then when you're watching this nonsensical, yeah, at that time, I didn't give a fuck about James Spader, so I didn't right. even care about seeing him shirtless. But, um, you know, as a, after an additional almost 20 years of disappointments <laughs> in life. I just know how it's to deal with them. Yeah, anymore. yeah, you know, Supernova no longer even is a barely a blip on the radar. Yeah. So I do think my reaction to it is was funny, though. Now that I watch it again, I'm like, this? This is the one that I actually have memories about? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to run through my scores. I said one and a half, two, one and a half, two for a total of seven. What did you say? I said two, one and a half, one, one and a half for a total of six. All right. So not too far off. Not too far off. Moving on to Lost in Space from 1998. And like I said, 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. So critics would have you believe that this movie is over two and a half times better than Supernova. I disagree. I also disagree. (laughs) Little little, uh, sneak preview of these scores. Uh, well, first of all, you mentioned one of the main things, which is that it feels like a freaking G movie, it, which is always bad for me. I I don't even know why it was PG-13. Yeah. It feels out and out like a total kid's movie, which is also strange because then they have some kind of adult jokes every once in a while. Or not like jokes, but, but language. Like the darker themes or jokes. Yeah, and like, like there's that. some swearing. There's right. They say shit all the time. They say bitch. They say pissing. They, the mom talks about a pissing, a pissing contest, contest that yeah. you picked up on. Like in a more adult movie, she would have said dick, dick measuring, measuring contest. contest. But yeah. Yeah, so stuff like that. There's like almost a sex scene that just turns into just like a denial or whatever. So things like that. You're like, man, this... It feels like a kid's movie, but it's not for kids. It's just a movie for nobody. Right. So the right. story the story of Lost in Space is you have, again, in the future, um, this family named the Robinsons, and the two parents are scientists, and they have, what are they, three kids? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, a daughter who's- Heather Graham. Is the doctor daughter. Yeah. And then, like, a teenage girl, and then a little boy who's, like, a little- boy wizard genius um so they earth is overpopulated they're using up all its natu- natural resources so they need to go find an earth-like reason, yeah, planet 20 they have 20 years left or something until earth is going to really be struggling and yeah stuff. so they want to go on this multi-year mission to find another planet to colonize well they already found it for some reason they, they're going to titan right or one of jupiter's moons i thought they knew what planet they were going to alpha one okay it was some random planet i think it was just one they made up yeah for some reason that I didn't quite pick up, their ship gets sabotaged by Gary Oldman. Well, because there was this weird faction. Like remember? a terrorist Some sort of weird terrorist way, yeah. or warring faction that for whatever reason, I didn't know if it was supposed to be a religious thing. Like they didn't think the humans should be somewhere else. I, I didn't really get a clear picture of their motivations for exactly why. Yeah. But they were against people leaving Earth and colonizing another planet. Yeah. Oh no, they were just trying to do it first. Were they? Yeah. They were trying to get there first and take it over. Okay. And... So they had to stop this ship because theirs was going to go later or whatever. I All think right. I'm pretty sure that's well, what it was. Well, in the grand scheme of the movie, it doesn't really matter. All that matters no. is that uh, Gary Oldman it. has sabotaged their ship. And 
And then for whatever reason, well, he gets, because they of They want this... to tie up loose ends, so they try to kill him, the people who sent him. Yeah. And he ends up just getting incapacitated and stuck on the compromised ship. And then when he wakes up, he wreaks havoc. They, like, jump to light speed too early, and they end up lost in space. So that's the movie, is them trying to, right. like, find their way home. And it's definitely supposed to be the first in the multi-part series that never occurred because this movie is terrible. And so it, I think it technically made its money back, but not in the yeah. U.S. and and not enough for them to go on with planned. I think they had like three sequels planned Ugh. or something. Yeah, yeah, because I mean it's based on an old '60s TV show. Well, maybe show. that's what. Yeah, I know, and yeah. maybe that's what they use some of that material for this one. Who knows? Is, do you happen to know if it's the same people making the TV show or the uh, the series? Oh, I don't think it's the same people, and no, I've heard story. it's very bad. So have you, I've heard somebody. I think I heard somebody say it was good. I don't know. I, I haven't I don't seen know. it. I, I trust I, I trust my intel on this okay. one. <laughs> um, I have no interest in watching it. Yeah, I think it's I, wasn't interested I think in it's just the bad premise because because the I don't whole care thing about is families. And- yeah, because you're supposed to be intrigued by like family drama, and then they're stuck on this ship with the saboteur, and yeah, that's so then there's supposed to be dynamics of like, can we trust him? Can we not? No, obviously you can't him. trust yeah. him. Yeah, so it's just not a, maybe in the '60s in a more simple time, more innocent time. Uh, it would have made more sense to let this guy live, right. but nowadays they, we're a little too jaded. It's some sort of um, like he's necessary for something. He yeah. should have some sort of skill that they're like, damn it, we need him. Yeah, and in this one, they let him live because he saved Heather Graham's life. Her right. pod was malfunctioning, like, but the only reason she, it was malfunctioning is he because he fucked of it him. up. Yeah, so yeah. I'd be like, all right, well, thank Thanks. you. Now you're dead. You tried to kill all of us. <laughs> yeah, you so... made it up for one of us, and now for the rest of us. Here's your death sentence. Right. Like, there's no reason to let him live. It's just stupid. So it's just a corny, uninteresting premise in yeah. modern day. And it sounds like the show is not... I mean, maybe it's done better in this movie, but it doesn't sound like it's worth checking out. So going into acting. What did you say? Uh, I said one. I said one. This was, was fucking really terrible. It was really this bad. Is some even of the... Gary Oldman was like... He's the, the best one, but um, even people who we know can be good actors, like William Hurt, he had such a bizarre affect, I wrote down. And yeah. like that he's, you know, affecting this weird kind of... I don't know if it's just a voice or this weird kind of... He's trying to be like a um, kind of uh, absent-minded professor type character, but it just comes across bizarre. Yeah. So I don't hand out ones very often no. for acting. We hand out a lot of ones for structure, some ones because for visuals. Because usually that's bad. Yeah. Like, that's where the movies are bad. We've said many times, the easiest thing to get right is the acting. And this movie couldn't even get that right. right. And not only is everybody doing a bad job, so William Hurt's bad, right. uh, Mimi Rogers is bad, yeah. Heather Graham is bad. They're all bad. The, the, kid, the, the little, little boy kid, kid is terrible. The little, the little boy kid, Will Robinson, is literally Jake Lloyd yeah, in Phantom from, Menace level he's bad. bad. Yeah. He is unwatchable. Like, I just did this. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, like, memorized his line off Honestly, screen. Honestly, Lacey Shea Bear is probably the least shitty of them. But her character's her annoying. Her character's annoying, yeah. Yeah, she playing, exactly. she's playing a teenage girl. So, yeah, she's... No, Gary, Gary Oldman, Oldman is the least shitty. Yeah, but his character is also... Is, his acting is, yeah, is the least shitty. None of this compared... Well, no, Will Robinson is... He's the worst. Second worst yeah. is Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. In and it a horrifically help. miscast it's role. It's terribly miscast. It doesn't help that they give him... Nothing but like terrible one-liners that Absolutely. sometimes barely even like make sense. I mean, just the worst groaners. It's like one of those magic rolling. eight balls with just a bunch of one-liners. Yeah, in it. yeah. And sometimes it's, they don't make any more sense than that. Yeah, they really like, don't make a whole lot of sense. Ask again later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he's you just say that again. He was just the totally wrong person for the right. role. I mean, they were looking for kind of like a Chris Pratt, you know, right? Like yeah, they're looking cute for that and exact funny role. Chris and Pratt, cocky. And, Chris Pratt in the Guardians of the and Galaxy. And instead, they just got fucking Joey from Friends in space. Right. It was with no no investment in this. Like mm-hmm. nobody was invested in this. It seemed like they were all just kind of like showed up and said their lines and then went and tried to the find only craft thing that services. This, that it seems like was good. Was that it helped Gary Oldman come up with the Zorg character from? This was after it, that. This was after Zorg? Yeah. What? Yeah, Fifth Element was in 97. This was in 98. Holy shit. Yeah. No, so he cribbed his own Zorg yeah, character. Yeah, but like a dumbed down, shittier yeah, version Yeah, of just it. like a bored version. Because it wasn't nearly version. as good, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, like while you're watching this, it makes you want to watch The Fifth Element. Right. It makes you want to watch Aliens. It had weird parallels to Aliens, yeah. too. There's one point where Will Robinson is remotely controlling the his robot thing. Yeah. 
And it totally just looks like this scene in Alien. Get away from her, you bitch! (laughs) So you're thinking about all this while you're watching basically this like corny kids movie. Yeah. Um, but none of that is acting. I mean, I'm I'm glad that we're in agreement with this. The acting is just terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the worst active movies we've watched. All in all. Yeah. Um, Ender's Game, I think, was still worse acted because multiple roles were miscast in yeah. that one. This one, only one role was really miscast. Right. Um, yeah, because, I mean, I don't think it was necessarily a ca- I mean, other than saying casting a kid who's that shitty at acting no, is a No, that's not casting what I mean role. with miscast. But in terms yeah. of, like, how that their look and vibe and yeah. fits with them, the chemistry, that sort of stuff. And Matt LeBlanc was wrong for his role. Totally he was the only miscast it, yeah. one, though. Everyone else was just plain old bad. Right. All right. Moving on to visuals. What did you say about I said visuals? one and a half. I said one and a half as well. Some of it looked like mystery science theater level. Some of it level. looked really atrocious. Some really bad CG. And then there, there were some really complex sets and some stuff that didn't. Yeah. Like the actual interior of the spaceship looked pretty good. It looked yeah. like a pretty good set. But then any CG was just god awful. The spider, the evil spiders and stuff were terrible. Yeah, the design was the, ridiculous. The, yeah, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman turns into a big Spider-Man. Into, and yeah. that looks shitty. The design is shitty. It looks just bizarre and dumb. The worst, the thing that looked the worst is during one of their forays to an unknown planet. Or no, they they found like a a ship, like another they crashed another spaceship that crashed. No, they crashed and they didn't have enough juice to leave, so they they sensed with their scanners or whatever another spaceship that had oh. some energy pods on it because it's actually their spaceship. Remember, you have a much future. better understanding of what was going is on there, in this is movie. Their than spaceship I from the, the I know they didn't know that at the time, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, so I, there's a time travel element in it. Right, right. Um, Which also leads to one of the dumber st- plot elements. Well, let later. me let, let's finish up with visuals. Yeah. So the thing that looked the absolute worst was while they were checking out this wrecked ship, they came across some like space monkey thing. Oh my god! And yeah, it is monkey. it is just it is like well, that who was killed, in the first big ship. It though. is it is in it is like who killed You're Roger about Rabbit in the, in the level first big ship. I don't even remember. Because they come, how... remember they come across the ship in space where they first meet the spider, which is yeah. actually the ship that left to rescue them. Yes. Because there's a time cross element yes. where this ship is actually 50 years, or not 50, okay. but like 10 years older. That's why that. I was confused because you're talking about ship, they, they wrecked their spaceship and I wasn't there yet in my mind. Yeah. I was talking about the very first big like action set piece, right. which is they come across this ship floating in space and it turns out, you know, they've time traveled to the future and they're the seeing the wreckage of a spaceship that was looking for them. So they go to check it out. And on board this future spaceship, um, they find this little like monkey thing. And it it looks like Mary Poppins. It's like, really bad. Just cartoon character drawn it's into like the Kong. screen. From the video game, but like you yeah. literally took the video game. It's probably worse yeah. than that, actually. It's it's horrendous and so uh, bad, and it's stupid kitty shit. Mm-hmm. Where it's like <laughs> like this bizarre alien monkey, and they're like cuddling it. They've never seen aliens or anything before. Yeah, could have horrible diseases. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, aren't you? Yeah, aren't you future people? You're yeah. supposed to understand this. Terrible. Okay, so we oh we got that right on. We both yep, said one and a half. It. All right, structure. I was a little harsh. I said one. I said one also. Yeah. Um, I for mean, all we the were, aforementioned, the dialogue, stuff we were like harsh that. because it was terrible. Right. This, first of all, so I kept talking about Supernova being an hour and a half. Yeah, this movie was two hours and ten minutes long. Way too long. We and accidentally stopped for like a bathroom break and saw. We weren't time. even halfway through it. No, it was horrible. It was way and too long. It feels like it feels way longer than it is. Yeah. So we were watching it. We'd only gotten through like forty minutes or something. And um, I could have sworn that we only had 20 minutes left because they'd already been through the whole sabotage thing. They'd already found this one spaceship floating out there and had a whole action scene with like killing the spiders on it. And then they go and they land on this planet and they have another like action scene where they find another ship. I mean, just like things just keep happening. It felt like um, the Lone Ranger and it would have like what felt like the climactic peak, but yes. then like a trough to another peak, yes. and then trough to like the final continent. I'm like, wait, right. that whole middle part just should have been cut out. Yes. And because then you're like, oh, okay, oh, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really dumb. And I mean, we already mentioned dialogue is atrocious, just horrendous. I yeah. wish character I motivations would... are bad. Yeah. Like they're not killing him or not. They don't even really restrain him or anything. No. Like he's kept in a room, but then the kid is. They're just like, you're very bad. Yeah, I can't I mean, believe you did this. They just basically chide him. Yeah, they chastise him, and yeah. that's about it. Yeah. 
Um, by him, we mean Gary Oldman. Right. But they're basically like, why'd you try to kill our family? That's not very nice. Oh, you man. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Aw, shucks. And um, it's like, no, no, you should have him like chained up right. somewhere if you're not going to kill him. Please make a better story about how he escapes. Yeah. And one of the things I didn't realize until the end of the movie, but um, William Hurt and Mimi Rogers are the parents. And then they've got three kids. The little boy, Will Robinson. The teenager, Lacey Chabert. And then uh, oh, Heather Graham is supposed to be early 20s or something. William Hurt, as the father, literally never talks to the two girls. He only interacts with Will Robinson. He he has three children in the movie, and I don't think he has a single line of dialogue to the right. oldest two. And there's a huge subplot element of, like, the kid earning his dad's respect yeah. in the science projects and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and, like, feeling like his dad doesn't love him because his dad didn't go look at his, to science, his science fair. fair. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of the movie is William Hurt like making amends to For ignoring the, the kid, youngest the, the son, son while he's currently ignoring <laughs> the other two. I mean, they didn't intend for that in the script. They just kind of meant to like, right. oh, no, he already has a relationship with them. But it's funny right. that the it whole thing is about... It just comes across kind of bizarrely. Yeah. And um, there are seven main characters. There's Gary Oldman as the bad guy, Matt LeBlanc as the hero pilot, and then the five family members. Of those seven characters, three of them have no effect on the story. Accomplish nothing, do nothing. And that's the mom and the two daughters. Have They could have literally been plucked out of almost every single scene. And yeah. it would have gone exactly the same way. Right. So, she like puts a band-aid on Matt LeBlanc or something, I think. Yeah. Like stitches up his cut or something. Yeah, sort. I mean, she's only there so that he can have somebody to kiss. Some love interest, yeah. And Mimi Rogers is only there because they needed a mom. Like, to say stop dick measuring or stop, yeah. stop the pissing contest. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and the teenager, Lacey Chabert, <laughs> really has absolutely nothing to do. She the, holds what, the monkey. Yeah. What was the um the line in Other Guys where he's like, zip it up. This pissing contest is over. And then he looks all proud of himself. <laughs> yeah. Or like this dick measuring contest is over. And then he's like, looks all proud of himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that basically was her he's big like, line yeah. in the movie. Where he's like, shake him off, guys. This pissing contest is over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, so you said you had some notes. What are your? Um, no, just I had uh, Hertz affect Joey in space. Joey um, in space. Yeah. The whole conversation of one-liners still one-liners. Because <laughs> 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 it was it was in the beginning where he was going to save his buddy pilot who's Korean, and literally the entire entire conversation was like each person spinning a wheel of one-liners, just back yeah. and forth. I. Do and not I was like, is think. Is that still a one liner if it's a whole conversation of one liners? I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say three quarters of Matt LeBlanc's dialogue yeah. was just one liners. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, I thought this day was bad when I woke up. Right, you know, exactly. like, it just shit like that. They're like, I don't even know. Picked a hell of a day to quit sniffing glue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if only they were that good. Yeah, right. But no, just non sequitur, like cheesy right, that uh, was it. cocky but but not funny certainly no um and that was the vast majority of his dialogue yeah okay so i i, I bet i can guess your entertainment value what? did you say 0. 0.5 i said one i said 0. 0.5 i had a very because i was time not this. i did but it wasn't even as bad as like ender's game or something to <laughs> where know? i was like or even the snow like the really really kitty shit like oh my god like it wasn't that bad you know what i, I wasn't totally suffering you know what i realized was i wasn't angry right that's what ender's i mean i game, wasn't like come on ender's game angered me it was pissing me off and the lone ranger was painful right this one was just lame this was so lame i still gave it a 0. 0.5 in entertainment because it had no entertainment Nothing. value there was no entertainment not only yeah. for me but i can't see it having any entertainment value for anyone no which i think that's reflected in the fact that it didn't do well at the box office it did get bad reviews nobody right. remembers it etc but i'm just i was sort of baffled while watching it like why did they even bother with yeah, some totally of these scenes um nonsensical choices for a lot of the stuff. they could have made it so much shorter they could have cast better people they you know i think it's a i think it's a lame premise i don't think it the has, premise is so broad, though. You could yeah. do a lot with it, you know? Yeah, I, I it's don't... It's sci-fi, basically. Yeah, but, you know, it, it just... To make it a kid's movie, but then it's not really appropriate for kids. Just go watch yeah. Farscape. That's a better version of, like, being lost in space. Yeah, I've only seen a few episodes of he's Farscape, really lost, but... but, I mean, he's stuck in... Yeah, I mean, it really does work better as a show, I think. Yeah. And even, because like, the... you were talking about the the uh, the climaxes, like, the peaks and the valleys. Right. It felt episodic. Right. It was like, that could be and a whole, whole episode. And that whole premise of, like, oh, you're in space, 
and just seeing what happened that's more made for a show yeah. you know like um star trek or something or what are, what crazy shit are they going to get up to lost in space next yeah but just being lost in space for 30 minutes and mm-hmm. then not lost in space anymore but one of the biggest I actually forgot this in structure. One thing that really pissed me off about the story element was there's the time travel element. The kid meets up with his older self who has built a time machine. The the, whatever process of building the time machine and sucking all the energy is destroying this planet. It's about to implode. So the people go to leave. His family goes to leave, and the doctor's like watching them, like, "Oh my god!" And they they don't make it. They crash, and he sees them crash. He's like, "No!" And he stayed behind so that they could make it or something. And the kid's like, "I'm gonna help you out, Dad." change of heart or whatever and he pushes the dad into the time machine to send him back in time and he sends him back in time to like 10 minutes before <laughs> that to right before they took off the destroying planet like and so he gets to try again but certainly not guaranteed they still like almost die they have to fly through the planet and almost die on the way out wouldn't you go back like a year before you left the fact the earth yes. and could redo the whole fucking thing the That's fact so that dumb. the fact that they bring up the option to travel back in time to reef to fix Anything. Which is what he was originally yeah. going to do, I think. Didn't the kid say he was going to go back in time to before it all, originally? I don't know. You were paying more attention than I was. Yeah. Uh, this movie did not keep my attention. Uh, I-, I was mostly on my phone the whole time. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I think... I've done of, that before. Yeah, I mean, I think normally I'm paying a lot more attention to these than Eric is. I'm taking notes. I'm, uh, you know, trying to think of things to say for the podcast. This one, I was just like, whatever, man. This is just fucking internet time this for Tony. offended you for whatever reason. You know, offended isn't really the right word. Upset, it was just Bothered. No, I wouldn't. It didn't upset just or bother me. It was, there was just nothing. Yeah. It was like there was nothing going on in front of me. Yeah. Um, whereas at least Lone Ranger, it kept my attention yeah, for the most part. Yeah, there going on. Yeah, and Ender's Game angered me, which is a much stronger emotion, obviously, um, but no, this one was, you know, I, I just can't imagine. There's no way I would have gotten even 10 minutes into it if not for That's the podcast. Really bad, yeah. I would have turned it off immediately. It was really bad. Yeah, I'm shocked that I don't remember being so bored by it. I remember the it being crappy, but I was like, yeah. oh, well, at least it has Lacey Shea Baron. I forgot she's like 15 and looks like she's nine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm remembering like Mean Girls or something. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, actually... you didn't believe. I had, to, I had to prove to you that Mean Girls was like, Eight or nine years I was like, after Lacey this, Lacey Shabir's hot. I'll watch this movie. And I'm like, oh my god, she's like fucking nine years old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so run through your scores. I got one, one and a half, one, one for a total of four and a half. And I said one, one and a half, one point five for a total of four. So we're pretty close. Yes, very close on that one. The only thing we got different was entertainment. Entertainment. I just, you know. Again, it's not often that we get our scores opposite of the Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Um, I was ratings. just thinking that at the beginning. I didn't yeah. want to give away my thoughts on each individual mm-hmm. movie, but I didn't remember any other time that sometimes they're different, like a lot different. Like they'll say 30% and we'll think it's good, yeah. but it's rare that the one that's measured as worse by Rotten Tomatoes we think is better than. Right. Like individually, Unless we they're might, very close. Unless they're very close. Yeah, right, but, like a 48 and a 52. That's, this had that's a 17 point spread. It should be an obvious better movie. Right. So I really... I wish I would have looked through what the critics were saying and see why they actually rated Lost in Space higher. Or because what specifically they had beef with about Supernova that would make it so low comparatively. You know, I In the year 2000, when Supernova came out, I don't know how much of the behind-the-scenes strife that people actually knew about. If it was this day and age, I would say... They all knew about what was going on behind the scenes, and that affected how they viewed the movie, so they rated right. it lower. But I don't know in 2000. I mean, the internet was around, but it wasn't as, obviously, easy to get information as it is these days. So yeah, I don't think that's it. Things. I no. think just, like... Yeah, I don't think it was some kind of weird preconceived notions on that. But, yeah. I mean, a lot of these... Um, Rotten Tomatoes wasn't around in 2000. I don't think. I don't think so. So a lot of these may have been written after. Or I don't know if they went and collated old reviews or if they get people to review it. I, I think, think they. I think it's a combination. Okay. I think they, they get old reviews and they also... Because yeah. there are years on the reviews and sometimes you'll see like a Death Wish review from 2017 or something. So you know yeah. that that's just someone going back watching a classic exactly. and then reviewing it with modern eyes. I don't think that they did that for either Lost in Space or Supernova. So I, so I do think, think so. they were reviews from the time period. 
Um, but I, I, yeah, I might have to look up and see why. You know, knowing that this was 98, you said? Lost in Space? Lost in Space was 98. It makes the, the visuals even worse because I keep, I mean, to me, this is just old movie, bad special effects. But I mean, like you were saying, it's after Fifth Element. It's a, yeah. only a year before, like, the original Matrix. Yeah. You know, and these stuff all looks better, way, it's way better. five years after Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park was... Uh, an anomaly. An anomaly. They yeah. did incredibly good... Uh, graphics for and for something that time period this they is, still hold up this is only three years older than lord of the rings that's wild yeah lord of the rings was 2001 so they were yeah. probably starting pre-production so on lord of the rings a lot of their yeah their uh computer graphic stuff yeah or overdid it like in a time when they should have still been using a lot of physical effects models and they overdid graphics you know that was what was so good about jurassic park is they used a lot of animatronics and they blended some you know computer with it very instead of little just yeah totally making a cg t-rex you mm-hmm. know which would have looked like shit back then yeah and that's why this stuff looked like shit yeah and this one they just were like eh whatever you could do it on the computers so right. but it was <laughs> they did not put enough effort no. into it so I think that is gonna do it for us this week. Uh, if yeah. you want to get in that touch with us, does it. which which a, Arnold is that I from? I think that's a um, yeah, Last Action Hero. I've never seen that one. Yeah, so he's taking all the weapons out of his pocket, he's like, "Any more there, champ?" That about does it. Because he has like an absurd amount of weapons and grenades and stuff that these keep falling out. I can imagine the scene. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I may not have seen it, but it, he just it keeps makes sense. dropping weapons. Sure. It's like that all sport. That about does it. <laughs> if you want to get in contact with us, our email address is faintpraisepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at faintpraisetj. So thank you for listening and hopefully you will join us next time. See ya.